Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Shout out to any new listeners who are joining us for the very first time. We're happy to have you on board. For those of you who have been here from the start, you already know the drill. We live and die by this team just like the rest of you, and we make no apologies for that. So welcome into this Bastards Roundtable episode. I am your host, Jason Kelly, coming to you from Canton, Massachusetts. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Joining me on the roundtable tonight from Reading, Pennsylvania, is Micah Storms. Micah, how are you? Jason, I'm doing well. And with the season winding down here, I believe the Red Sox only have two more homestands left, which is kind of crazy. Season has flown by. Um, I find myself more interested in thinking about the direction of this team moving forward than the final couple games that they have left. So I'm very curious. I think there's a lot of different um, ideas out there and um, I kind of see the perspective of many different people and I'm like, yeah, that person could be right. That person could be right. But um, I'm excited to see what it is. And I think we'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. The regular season is winding down, but the off season has yet to begin. So a lot to uh, let's get into there. Also with us on the round table tonight from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, by way of Wyndham, Maine, is Terry Cushman. Terry, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Getting into my favorite topic here. I'm basically the the, uh, Fire Bloom chief campaign manager or something. I don't know. But uh, got some rumors floating around, so uh, happy to get into those and um we'll see i mean i'm i i'm checking multiple times a day just to see if another rumor has popped up and uh we'll see today's an off day so or i should say thursday's an off day so everybody's gonna hear this on on friday so um we'll see i i just feel like it it could happen on an off day yeah typically that's when something like this would happen and uh yeah, let's might as well just dive right in. There's obviously been some rumors of late circling around Twitter uh, or X, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, the first name that really popped up was David Stearns, who was a former uh, chief baseball operation for the Milwaukee Brewers. He stepped down last year. He's been a consultant with them, but his name has started to pop up, not just with the Red Sox, but obviously a lot of other teams are looking uh, for his services, but the Red Sox were mentioned. And then Jared Carabas drops a little nugget on his podcast that the Red Sox would be very interested in bringing back Theo Epstein to run their baseball operations. So two separate rumors, but they both kind of link to the same thing. These are not guys who would come in and work under High and Bloom or, you know, with him. They would replace him. And we've been talking on this show, you know, what does the offseason hold for the Red Sox? Is Cora gone? Is Bloom gone? Are they both gone? Are they both staying? Um, We've had a bunch of different theories tossed around, but these rumors don't just come out of nowhere. People are talking to reporters or, you know, they're not just fallacies. They're out there. So these are real names that are being thrown around. So obviously the Red Sox are doing some shopping. 
for potentially a new CBO, new GM, whatever it might be. So, Micah, I'll start with you. With the names that came up and with the timing and the nature of these rumors, what do you think will happen and what do you want to have happen? Is there any like any of these guys that you really want them to go all in for or are you happy with the way things are now? What do you think uh, the outcome is going to be? I'm not happy with the way things are. And three out of four years, they could miss the playoffs. And if any Red Sox fan is happy with that, you know, I, I, I wonder what your goal is then for the team because I don't enjoy watching meaningless September games. Um, I do think the organization in terms of the foundation and farm system is drastically different and improved from when Bloom took over. Um, but again, in the city of Boston, having the top farm system means nothing essentially because you're expected to win here. And that, that was set by the, the team in 04 and it continued. And that's the, the type of legacy that I want the Red Sox to have is this winning legacy and not be in the basement. So definitely not okay with where this, the, the team is at. Um, do I think Bloom is the right guy? I'm, I'm up in the air on that one. I, I'm not saying he's the right guy, but I'm also not saying he's the wrong guy because I think you could have done a whole lot worse than Bloom has done in terms of developing the farm system. That, that was going to take time. It was whoever they brought in, it was going to take time. Um, but there have been some missteps along the way, especially on the, on the major league roster. As for the the candidates that were rumored Stearns, I, I don't buy that one second. Bob Nightingale, I believe, is the one who really kind of reported that one. Bob doesn't mention the Red Sox very often, so when he does, I do take notice because what's the motive behind it? To me, that felt more like uh, the agent slipping a name um, and trying to increase his value. We all know that Steve Cohen, that's, that's Steve Cohen's guy, is Stearns. And I, I personally think that's exactly where he's going to end up in the offseason. I think right after the, the World Series ends, you will see David Stearns, maybe even before that, maybe David Stearns is announced as the, the president of baseball operations uh, for the Mets. I, I really think that's going to happen. Um, for Theo, I mean, if you asked me, do I want Theo instead of Hein Bloom, I would say, yeah, where, where do I sign? So I think Theo would be the, the saving of the, the fan base. I think everybody would be on board to have Theo back in town. Um, he's won wherever he's gone. Uh, things didn't end great in Boston. So I think it'd be nice to have a, a reunion and try to, to go out with better terms. And I mean, we saw what Theo can do with a loaded farm system in Chicago and the Red Sox have a very good, strong farm system. So I would be interested to see what he could do to take over the team now with a lot of assets, uh, financial flexibility. And, you know, there's been a couple of interviews with Theo that I've listened to and he always saw his career in three phases. Um, and he's completed two of those three phases with the Red Sox being one, the Cubs being two, and he's been looking for kind of phase three and whether that's with another team. Um, but you have to wonder like what's bigger than the Red Sox and Cubs, you know, I mean, there's really only one team that I can really think of that would be bigger than those two teams. And that would be the New York Yankees. And I don't, I don't know if I would see him going there. So 
I think maybe a reunion with the Red Sox, I would be on board. Do I think it's realistic? I, I, I think it's a long shot. Um, I, I don't know if Bloom is safe. I have really no idea. I think the next couple of weeks could be telling. But uh, I, I still, as of this recording on September 6th, I am probably 70, 30, 70% he's staying for at least one more year. Terry, what do you think? Oh, boy. All right, let's get into it. There's a saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. And notably, last year, a year ago, the Red Sox got ahead of any potential rumors on August 29th and came out and said, Heim Bloom and Alex Cora will be returning to the Red Sox for the 2023 season. So they got ahead of it. That was on September 29th. The day that everyone's listening to this is September 7th. So you're, you're a week beyond that. And there's no confirmation one way or the other known publicly that Bloom is coming back next year. And then you have these rumors. And if you're John Henry and Tom Warner and perhaps even Sam Kennedy, who I hope gets fired too, by the way, I'm just so tired of that guy. Nothing. I don't believe a word that comes out of that guy's mouth. It's all political, you know, maneuvering and all that. I, I can't stand Sam Kennedy, but you would think that all of them would want to get ahead of it and be like, Oh, here come the rumors. Let's just squash it now. And it hasn't happened. So as far as uh, David Stearns goes, that's a no-brainer for me if it's if it's possible. And I think as a consultant uh, to the Brewers, I think he probably has the freedom to interview right now. Alex Cora was interviewed the first time around by Dave Dombrowski on an off day during the playoffs. He even said at, at some point in an interview, He's like, yeah, I was. I spent one morning going through the Red Sox roster, taking notes, assessing everything, and and then I put on my Astros cap and went and served as the bench coach, you know, for the playoff team. So it, there's at least a small possibility, and, and we can only speculate that that Stearns has at least had a conversation with the Red Sox. Small possibility. What makes it a no-brainer to me is. The Brewers are probably a, a top five, arguably, team for developing pitching. Like, they've done a really good job developing some of these guys. Uh, Josh Hader, Brandon Woodruff, um, Corbin Burns. You know, they a lot of good pitchers have come out of, have come out of Milwaukee. And you could say the same thing about, about Bloom as well. You know, he came from what I called in the last episode, the you know, the pitching mecca of major league pitching development. And but for some reason it hasn't translated. He he hasn't he hasn't put good starting pitching in our rotation. He hasn't fortified the farm with starting pitching. I mean, you got Shane Drohan and then a bunch of guys in A ball in his fourth year. So I don't, how, where was the disconnect? I mean, it's like we got great value, Andrew Friedman, who's done a great job out in LA after leaving from Tampa. 
So with Stearns, you got a guy who clearly knows how to do it. So that's what makes it a no-brainer to me. It's a foregone conclusion by the sounds of it that he, he'll eventually go to the Mets. He's from New York. He's got a bone to pick with the Yankees. So it's an obvious fit that'll go there. But I'll ask this question. Would you rather work for Steve Cohen, who's not a very nice guy some of the time, or would you rather work for John Henry? I think we would all agree it would be much easier to work for Henry. Um, so I, I hope I hope it happens. I want it, it if it gets confirmed that a conversation did happen. Heim Bloom is Audi five thousand. There, there's no being on the fence as far as bringing him back. You either you either have faith in him or you don't. So. As far as the Epstein rumors, I don't believe those one bit. He just sold his house in Chicago for, I think, $12 million and then bought uh, a new house in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is relatively close to MLB headquarters. So much closer to there than Fenway Park. Could he make that drive daily? Absolutely. Would they even let him work from home at this point? Eh, maybe. Who knows? That's, uh, that's the world we live in right now. But would I prefer Epstein over Bloom? 1,000%. But as I've said in recent episodes, I think Epstein's just a little bit outdated. He didn't do that great of a job, uh, specifically with pitching in Chicago. You know, he had John Lester for that whole run. That was good. You know, really, you know, we were hoping we would get Lester. But... um but yeah, there just wasn't Kyle Hendricks was up and down. John Lackey was good for the year or two. They had him and by good, I mean, he was really just okay. Um, and then their bullpen was never super great under Epstein. I just think he's a little bit outdated. You know, it's hard to do any worse when it comes to pitching than Bloom has. And the more of Dave Dombrowski's guys, that have left this team, the worse our pitching has, has been. You know, when Erod left and then when Evaldi left, it just not the the rotation's been worse and worse. So I think I think there's a good chance. Micah's seventy percent chance that he won't be fired. I'm about seventy percent that he will. That's just where I'm at. I think in this case especially with Epstein, follow the money and follow the real estate. You brought up the fact that he just sold his home in Chicago, sold his mansion in Chicago and bought a $12 million mansion to replace it in Greenwich, Connecticut. If you look up where Greenwich is, it's Southern Connecticut, very close to New York. It's not like he's accessible to Boston. So I don't think the Epstein... Red Sox thing is legit. Yes, it's close to MLB headquarters. It's also close to New York City. It's also close to where the Yankees play. And, you know, Theo had a lot of success with the Red Sox, had a lot of success with the Cubs. Micah, you said it before. There's only one other team that has more prestige in those two franchises, and it's the New York Yankees. Think of the timeline. Rob Manfred just got his extension. Everyone has said Theo Epstein at one point wants to be the commissioner of baseball. 
It's not going to happen now. Manfred just got his extension, but what if he goes to the Yankees and he brings them a bunch of championships or at least at the very least turns it around and turns them back into what they were. I think even Yankees fans would agree. Cashman's time is done. The fact that that guy has had a job as long as he had is ridiculous. I think that's more likely. I wouldn't be shocked if you start to hear Theo Epstein Yankees rumors coming out pretty soon. I just, I think for a guy like him who the commissioner seat's not available yet, yeah, he can be a consultant with MLB as long as he wants, but the more prominent thing for him to do would be to go to the most prominent MLB franchise and turn it around. So I don't think Epstein to the Red Sox is realistic, nor do I think it's going to happen. I agree with you guys about Stearns. I think he's going to the Mets. I still, I still think Bloom's getting an extension. And I don't necessarily hate that, but Terry, your point about the lack of pitching, that's a huge problem. He's got to fix that. And it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if it just, he has a blind spot for pitching because he definitely can identify hitters that, that much I will give him. He can identify hitters. Abreu can hit Emmanuel Valdez can hit, you know, all these other guys he's picked up. They can all pretty much hit. Now, you know, can they play defense? Uh, not so much. And that's that's a point that as much as we poke fun at him, Pete Abraham made a great point uh, on Twitter during the uh, Tampa series where he said, yeah, he's acquired a lot of DHs, but at some point they got to play the field. And it's a fair point. He's picked up a lot of good hitters, but, man, they cannot field. So I wonder if it's just – the Red Sox with the Stearns rumors, with the Epstein rumors, I wonder if they're just shopping around for someone to work either alongside Bloom or to be a consultant to Bloom that has an eye for pitching or an eye for defense. Because I think they like what he's done. They love that he's elevated the farm system. He's kept the payroll to a minimum. He only made one mistake, which which was the one year he went over the luxury tax. He shouldn't have done that. But for the most part, with the payroll, he's been responsible. He locked up Raphael Devers. I wonder if they're just kind of looking at it going, he needs another guy. It can't just be the High and Bloom show because all he's going to do is collect hitters and DHs. We need pitching. Chris Sale is going to be out of here pretty soon. You've got Brian Bayo, but has Brian Bayo's progress stalled out this year is a fair question. Whitlock has injury concerns. Hauk has injury and consistency concerns. You don't have the Astros pitching line coming up where it's just, okay, bring up the next guy who throws 100 on the black. You don't have the Rays pitching system where you can just bring up the next guy. And that's a huge problem. It's setting the Red Sox back. So I wonder if these rumors are just sort of a culmination of the Red Sox calling around and saying, we need someone who knows pitching and defense because I am done a great job so far, but he obviously has a blind spot for that. And it could lead to a full out replacement. It could lead to them finding a candidate. Maybe it's not Stearns. Maybe it's not Epstein, but finding somebody who they interview and go, yeah, this guy is the whole package. Bloom, you're out of here. You haven't you haven't gotten us any pitching in the four years you've been here. 
the contracts you hand out to starting pitchers are ridiculous and they've absolutely torpedoed us. We're going to bring in this guy because he can identify the pitching we need to go after. I just wonder if that's why you're starting to hear the Red Sox involved with, you know, the interest Kings thing is back. It's just now it's with baseball executives. I just wonder if that's the path they're going for. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to find the answer to this question, but I'm fairly certain that the money on his deal is, is guaranteed. So if they fired him early, I think he gets paid next year. Um, so that, that would make an extension to me less likely, I would think if they're going to be on the hook. Cause I mean, they can't love it. At a minimum, they can't love the current circumstances. So it's just it's just a real long shot to me that I, I think he's more likely to just come back and, and serve out that final year if, if it happens. But I, I just feel like we would know by now. I really feel like we would know by now. And you look at Dave Dombrowski, I mean, the Phillies are... Not necessarily the talk of MLB, but man, I mean, nothing bad is getting said about Dave Dombrowski right now. And their their farm is up a little bit. Uh, you know, Fangraphs has it at 18th overall. And, you know, he went out, he got uh, Michael Lorenzen for not a lot. And he's really hit that Brandon Marsh kid has done pretty well. I think he got hurt. So I don't know what his status is right now, if he's come back or not. I haven't really looked in a while, but, um, but yeah. And I mean, they lost Reese Hoskins early and I thought that was going to be costly, but man, I just, I don't think ownership likes the thought of, you know, how things are going so well for him and their guy. It's <laughs> just, isn't isn't putting them in the playoffs i think i think winning was a mandate this year i really think i really think it, it was all on the line for heim at the winter uh weekend where he got booed really bad had to justify the the mookie trade all over again i mean that was a fairly hostile environment and then a couple weeks after that the devers deal wasn't done yet and henry was at the the hockey game classic thing that they have at Fenway. He got booed as he walked all around the stadium. I just think, I really think they want to get back to winning again. And it's just so hard. I mean, why is, why is Heim going to suddenly figure it out in the fifth year? I just, I just don't, I don't see it. You, you need probably three starting pitchers. I said in the last episode, Brian Bayo is the only guy you have currently that you're essentially guaranteed to get 150 innings out of next year. Chris Sale, probably not going to happen regardless. Tanner Houck, we still don't know if he's a starter or, or a reliever yet. Um, Whitlock, probably a reliever. Um, Pavetta will, I mean, he could pitch 150, but is it going to be quality? It's tough to tell. So I just think, and and this year hasn't been fun for anyone. It's been a roller coaster and we've had a couple of bright spots, but 
I don't think we've been in a wild card spot since early June, if I'm not mistaken. So I just I can't imagine the conversations in the ownership box are you know with Henry and Warner are super positive. It's it's been a lot of treading water in the second half for sure, which as the Boston Red Sox, I think the ownership group would agree they hope for better. You don't want to just be treading water going, you know, two two out of three wins and then getting swept and then, you know, back and forth. It's just that's not good enough. I agree. Um, Micah, what what are your thoughts on the whole situation there? Yeah, I have two points here. I wanted to um, go off of Terry's one point about Stearns. Milwaukee is definitely a pitching factory. Um, they just have so many quality starters in their rotation. Um, it feels like they could trade one, and next thing you know, they'll have another one that comes up. But I wanted to list off the position players that have been their top prospects, according to MLB.com, since 2017. Um, I wanted to give um, Stearns the one year for him to get his uh, feet wet in the organization. So I didn't count 2016. Um, so listen to these names and tell me, do you know any of these guys? <laughs> um, so I might butcher some of their names, but we have Bryce Terang, Mario Feliciano, Tristan Lutz, Keston Huara, who was supposed to be a can't-miss second-base hitting prospect, um, Corey Ray, Lucas Ersberg, Lewis Brinson, who went to Miami and was supposed to be a top-hitting outfielder. That didn't really happen. Isan Diaz and Garrett Mitchell, who Garrett Mitchell is on the big league club right now. Um, he looks decent. But, you know, yes, Stearns has been able to identify pitching, but those position players, you could make the argument, you know, Bloom, yeah, Bloom hasn't identified pitchers, but Stearns hasn't really identified position players really well. So it, it there is no perfect general manager out there that I would say, yep, that's the perfect fit. I mean, I think Theo would be that guy if we are picking one, but everybody kind of has their, their strengths and their weaknesses. And I'm not sure bringing a guy like Stearns in would be like, yep, that solves all the problems. Would it solve the current problem of the pitching? I would say probably in a couple of years, probably, yeah. Um, and I think Stearns has done a great job in Milwaukee because they really operate like a small market and they've been competitive for the last five, six years, it feels like. Um, so that's just on on Stearns. My, my second point was, and I was thinking about it when you both were talking, um, you know, Dombrowski was the guy that the Red Sox believed in a couple of years ago. And they, they won three straight division titles, World Series. He has one bad year and they cut bait with him. And they they he didn't even finish the season and they got rid of him. And then he goes off to Philly and he does nothing but succeed. And I wonder, does going to Philly and succeeding make the Red Sox ownership group question if they believe they have their guy is four years, not enough time for, to see a full development of the organization because they obviously saw the, the good from Dombrowski, but then once something went, once something went bad and it kind of went downhill, they cut bait. And now bloom, you could argue last year was also bad, but 
things don't look very good right now, but four years in the grand scheme of things with how long prospects take to develop and it it does take time. You know, the pitching, you're not going to draft pitching right away and develop pitching right away. That doesn't happen. That's not realistic, but there is pitching starting to go into double a starting to go into high a. And I'm just wondering, does Dombrowski succeeding in Philly, change the way they view about bloom because they don't want to rush and say well we're jumping to a conclusion we're getting rid of him because things aren't going well because i could absolutely see bloom getting hired by someone else because he took a the 30th ranked system in 2019 and he turned it into a top five according to Fangraphs and baseball america i do think another team would give bloom a chance and boy i think they would really kick themselves if bloom turns another organization around while you are dealing with another GM. Just a thought I had um, when you guys were talking. I don't think Bloom will be a GM ever again. Could he be a farm system director for another team? I think that's probably a little bit more likely. I could be wrong. It's also curious to me why the Mets didn't want him. He was runner-up to the Mets. uh, And then I can't remember which... It was either the creepy GM that was sending the pictures to the, um, or it was the DUI GM. It was the uh, Degrom's agent. Oh, um, I don't, yes. I don't remember his name, yes. but it, it was Degrom's no. agent. It was Brody Van Wagenen. That is who it was. Okay, I I knew it wasn't Alderson, so they they went with Degrom's GM and I or agent rather. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the logic was, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he was even the runner up there, but bloom just gets slaughtered in the press locally and nationally. There's just not a lot of regard for him. Uh, and secondly as well, it's not like we've never had a top farm system. We've had plenty of top ranked farm systems, so, you know, it's not unique to, to finally have a good one. Um, I've never been a big trade everyone guy. You know, there, there are a lot of prospects I, I probably wouldn't trade. You know, Meyer, one of them, Nick York, any, any pitcher, any pitcher we think has potential, I'm never trading. Um, I don't know if anyone else is really untouchable beyond that. I would still trade um the kid we just brought up Raffaella uh, you know it's just but the, all of our top ones I, I wouldn't trade that Roman Anthony guy he's probably untouchable to me um Miguel Blaise he, he's gonna miss a lot of time but I wouldn't trade him either that's just not who I am and that's not what I think a, a GM should be but there should be some balance here and Man, we just got Corey Kluber in his fourth season. <laughs> I just like that's always going to be one of my least favorite signings ever. Um, so I just I think the farm thing, you know, is always going to resolve itself. And I think the Phillies have a window here for a while, a little while. They're not gonna they're not gonna back up the Brinks truck for Aaron Nola, and I think that's smart. I because I feel like twenty nineteen. Dave Dombrowski pays him as much as he wants. And so I don't know. I just hope they're a lot smarter this time, whether it's this year that they do it or next year. I hope they get a guy, 
you know, here's a name for you. And I, I don't, I think he's pretty toxic, but do you think they'd ever entertain Jeffrey Lou now? For their sake, I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know it's, if I'd be in on that, but it's not even the, the cheating scandal that bothers me. It's the, it's the, the sexual harassment stuff that really is what gets me. But the dude was brilliant, you know? And I mean, even last year's world series team, his fingerprints are still all over it. So, but I'd want a guy that's well-regarded and, you know, I, another name that gets brought up. I mean, there's been nothing linking the Red Sox to him is Brian Sabian. You know, that would be a Dombrowski type signing, you know, a guy well into his sixties that's been around for a while. I don't, think we necessarily need that but but i would man i i would just do a a lot more due diligence this time around because i think we got the lowest iq guy in the tampa front office that james flick guy he goes to houston and he didn't have to do much but he gets a ring (laughs) and friedman gets a ring and we get bloom who can't finish above fourth most of the time so it's frustrating at, at some point, if Hyam Bloom's going to stay, at some point he's got to be an aggressive dealer and he's got to have to part with some of his prospects because we talked before about how pitching is very much lacking on this team, not just at the major league level but throughout. And you look at the free agent class, it's not even about ownership allowing him to open up the checkbook. Do you want to pay for Aaron Nola? For a massive deal, I don't. After the year he's having, and given the fact that he's never been a high-velocity guy and he's having one of his worst career years, no thanks. Julio Urias, what he just pulled, bye-bye. No thank you. No one's going to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Um, Do you want the corpse of Lucas Giolito? I've said before, no thanks. I'm all set. I mean, after that, you're looking at, like, trying to resurrect Luis Severino's career. Um, the free agent pitching class really sucks going into this offseason. So Bloom's not going to be able to fix the pitching by just spending money on old aging pitchers from this free agent class. It's not going to work. If anything, it's going to set them back. So he's going to have to look at guys like Blaze Jordan, um, you know, who is a corner infielder whose path to the major leagues is blocked right now by Rafi Devers, and by Tristan Casas. And he's going to have to put him in a package with, I don't know, Emmanuel Valdez, who, yes, he's got a good bat, looks like he can have some power, but looks completely useless defensively. And he's going to have to package them to get starting pitching. He's just going to have to. And if he doesn't, and your rotation next year is Sale, Whitlock, Hauk, Pavetta, Crawford, that's a joke. That, that, to me, just shows you that he's not cut out to make the moves in order to bring this team from just good to contending, potentially, World Series. If he's just going to hoard all his prospects, then great. You can bump up the farm system all you want. They can be the number one ranked system by the end of next year. whoop de freaking do We miss the playoffs again? Doesn't matter. So they're going to have to have a very serious just 
I don't know, sit down with them and be like, look, we need pitching. You have too many prospects. They're not all going to play for you. I've said this numerous times. They're not all going to play. Even a guy like Nick York might not ever see major league time on your roster. But if you trade him for a frontline starting pitcher who gives you 30 starts and helps you get to the playoffs and maybe to the World Series, that's more worth it. So I again, I unfortunately I think Bloom is staying, but at some point you've got to become not just the guy who makes the farm system better, but the guy who uses that farm system to make your major league team better because the major league team has suffered from a lot of his decisions. Not, and some of them have been good. The Justin Turner signing, huge. That was great. You can't do that every year, though. You can't bank on every year there's going to be a 30-plus-year-old veteran who's going to come in and have one of his best career years with you. At some point, you've got to just bite the bullet and say, okay, I love Blaze Jordan as a prospect. Yeah, he might be a really good major leaguer one day, but we don't have a spot for him right now. I need to put him in a trade package for one of Miami's starters because Miami has pitching growing out of their ears. So yeah, I don't want to part with blaze Jordan and Emmanuel Valdez, but if I can get Edward Cabrera or I can get Trevor Rogers, okay, I'll do it. And that's what I hope that that's what I'm hoping he does because I still don't think he's going anywhere. I still think that whoever, whatever names are available, other teams will scoop them up, but I want to see high and bloom just, Okay, you know, my first couple of years, it was about building up the farm. Now I'm going to use that farm to help supplement the major league team. And we're going to go to the ALCS next year. That's what I want to see. Whether or not that will happen, I don't know. But if it doesn't, then yeah, absolutely, it's time to change course. So it's on him at this point. You know, Jason, you bring up a good point too with the trades is – Prior to this year, Bloom really didn't have the assets at the levels needed to make these trades because you look at the trade deadline, you look at last offseason, other than the Oakland Athletics because they make no sense, teams aren't trying to acquire players in low A, high A. And, you know, they're, they're just not interested in those. They want players that are close to the big leagues. And the Red Sox, prior to this season, they didn't have a lot of guys like that or in double A or lower, this year has been a pretty big year for the development of their top prospects. I think all of them, but Blyze is in double A or higher. So now is the time where he has the assets that are available to trade. And like you both have stated, you can't play all these guys everywhere. So, you know, you have to identify who's in your outfield and then the pieces that you you still have left over after that, you have to find a way to move them. And yeah, could Blaze Jordan become a really good player in three, four years? Maybe, but that's a big maybe. I would much rather go out and get a pitcher that's proven who can impact this roster next year. And you know, if Blaze Jordan does big things in four or five years, okay, well, hopefully you get a good pitcher that did something now and you say, well, you got to give up something to get something. And I, I think that remains true. The Red Sox gave up Yoan Moncada f- and Michael Kopik for Chris Sale, you know, and I don't think Kopik or Moncada and turned out to be the players that the White Sox probably hoped. But at the time, the Red Sox gave up a lot 
to get Chris Sale. But you did that with the idea that we need a top-tier pitcher and he's going to take us to the World Series. And the Red Sox won a World Series with Chris Sale as a big part of it. And if if Moncada, if he would have became a you know an a, an all star every year, so what? That helped you win a World Series, isn't that the goal for the Boston Red Sox? Is to win the World Series, and I, I, I think a lot of fans get lost in the prospects, and I do too. I love prospects. I'm more with Terry. I kind of I'm like I don't want to trade these guys, but if they're not going to impact the big league roster because there's no room for them, what's the point of developing them and keeping them because they're just rotting in AAA? You know, I, I, I'm, Bobby Dahlbeck isn't a top prospect, but he is rotting in AAA. You can't tell me Bobby Dahlbeck couldn't help the Oakland Athletics. Like, come on, he could. And I just, the idea of keeping these prospects for the sake of keeping them doesn't make sense. Eventually, their value becomes minimal at best because teams want to see what they can do eventually when they're in the big leagues and they're playing against age-appropriate players. And some of these guys are going to get to that point. So you either move them or they impact your roster and there's going to be a log jam. There's, and there's really going to be a log jam on the 40 man. And I'm very curious to see over the course of the next couple months, what the 40 man looks like. I'll give my final thoughts on this. Um, ben Sherrington was a guy who wouldn't trade uh, any of his prospects and he wouldn't make the big signings. And I've speculated that perhaps maybe Larry Lacchino at the time had a lot of influence and so did Bill James. And maybe Sherrington was a little bit handcuffed when Dave Dombrowski got hired, they offered Sherrington to be able to basically stay, but he didn't want to do it. And I think in part, because he knew right away, some of those guys he wanted to keep and develop, Dombrowski was going to ship him, you know, and that was going to be that. But similarly, like you guys have pointed out, Einbloom won't trade any of his prospects. And the only difference between him and Sherrington is Sherrington actually won a World Series. Bloom, I mean, call that 2021 postseason, whatever you want, but I don't think he really came that close. Dave Dombrowski got fired not even a year later, you know, nine or 10 months later, he, he was fired from the Boston Red Sox. I just, I don't really see a path forward here for Bloom. I, I think he would have showed us that. And you can go dig up a tweet on my Cushman MLB account. Uh, I said the day it was announced, I said, I love this signing. I love this high Bloom signing. And man, I just, I've never regretted anything more than that, but I thought he was going to pull these sneaky, crazy deals to identify talent, you know, much like when Tampa got a Rosarina, I thought we would be getting those types of those types of deals. I, I thought our pitching was gonna, was gonna improve from the developments, you know, aspect. And it, it's just a, it's just a colossal fail. Like he didn't do anything good. The the plan all along was apparently sign two or three prospects every summer, draft them, I mean, and then and then wait five years. That was the plan. Do everything else wrong, but draft two decent prospects. That's all we've gotten out of him. 
And I, I just don't think there's any credibility here uh, that he, he can lead a, a major league club. Could he be a great farm director? Absolutely. But I just, I think he's, I think he's on his way out. I really believe that. And, you know, maybe, maybe the next guy will be as bad or, or worse. I don't know. Especially if Sam Kennedy is going to, is going to lead the, the search like he did this time. But I, I just, the worst thing for me is next June or July to be under 500 and just having this intense remorse. Why didn't we just, just cut him loose last winter when, when we had, had the chance? One last super quick thing, just, just a nugget. If we do get Stearns again, big time long shot, the manager of the Brewers, Craig Council, also a free agent. Could be a package deal. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. And I would love that, by the way. Yeah, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about Bloom's future and, you know, whether or not he gets brought back. Alex Cora is going to be the one to keep an eye on because um, we've talked about it on the previous shows. I don't think he's had a very good season. Um, I think he wants to win now. He wants to win now with veterans. And I just don't think this is the right spot for him at this moment. But in terms of Bloom and in terms of the GM slash CBO spot, with him, my biggest frustration is the lack of consistency with his decision making. Where, you know, he'll go out and he'll drop $10 million on a veteran pitcher. And it's never worked. Garrett Richards didn't work. Corey Kluber didn't work. James Paxson, frankly, didn't work in the long run because what the, what he should have done was, okay, Paxson is finally healthy. He's finally pitching great for me. The team is teetering, not quite a playoff team should have sold him. Didn't decide to keep him. And James Paxson ever since the deadline has been, he's turned back into a pumpkin. Um, You know, some of his trades are like absolute home runs and others, you they leave you scratching your head. Like, the Jackie Bradley trade. You trade Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. so you can buy David Hamilton and Alex Benellis along with it. David Hamilton is a pinch runner. He's not a major league baseball player. He's not. Speed is incredible, but that's it. Alex Benellis still blows. Still can't hit. So I, I don't even know where he, he is. <laughs> he's still, I think he's still in double A, floundering around somewhere there. And again, he's a corner infielder. Alex Benellis is a third baseman. So again, you're buying a prospect that you don't have a position for. And you traded away Hunter Renfro, who I get it. Like the, you know, the pro bloom crowd, like say, well, look on how many different teams he's been on. He was really good for you when he was here. He could have helped you, but you traded him away for two prospects that aren't going to turn into anything. So I feel like sometimes bloom just is, he tries to like out clever himself and it, it gets him in trouble. So I don't know. I like it. They're just in a very weird spot right now because ownership is a little bit to blame because ownership does not have the killer mentality that they used to where they're like, we need to win a world series this year. And if we don't heads are going to roll. They're not in that mode. John Henry is on his yacht in Alaska somewhere. He's not paying attention. Tom Werner is worried about his next philanthropy thing. You know, Larry Lucchino's gone. If Lucchino was still here, it'd be different. But 
he's gone. So I think it's just the whole organization is just stalling. They're, they're just, they're not sure what they want to do. Like they want to win. They, you know, they want to be relevant, but they don't want to spend too much money and they don't want to trade away all their prospects to make it happen. They're just stuck in the middle. And that might be why Bloom gets a stay of execution because they're not sure what to do. He's, he can definitely improve the farm system. He knows prospects. So, hey, let's keep him around and we'll see what we want to do after that. But at some point, something's got to give. You're either going to be the Pirates forever or you're going to go back to being the Red Sox that you were in the early 2000s where you make the deals you have to make, you build a superstar team, and you go for the World Series again. I hope it's that one. I hope it's the latter because, you know, farm system rankings are fun. And yeah, it's nice to see them climbing the rankings, you know, all across the board. But in a couple of weeks, we're not going to have baseball to watch. Not for the Red Sox anyway. We'll get to watch everybody else. We'll get to watch Baltimore. We'll get to watch Seattle and, you know, whatever. But there won't be any Red Sox baseball. And I don't know. That's not what I want. I want to see the Red Sox playing in October. So, yeah, the farm system rankings are cute and they're fun and it's great. But at some point, October baseball has to become a thing again here in Boston. And I mean real October baseball because that 2021 season, did anyone really think they were getting by Houston in that series? Did anyone have real any faith? Because that that to me was like we're entering the slaughterhouse here. Like, okay, good we made it this far, but I don't know. that Maybe that's just me, but I had no faith whatsoever. They had to sweep the Nationals to even get in. And, and, you know, one thing real quick, as far as Bloom's record with trades, in my opinion, he's only won one single trade. And I'm excluding Schwarber and I'm excluding Robles because they were rentals and they had nothing to do with the growth of the organization. In terms of growing the organization, the only trade he won was the Pavetta trade for Workman and... I mean, name another one. I I don't. Nobody from any other trade is going to see the light of day. I I mean, maybe Vasquez, but Emmanuel Valdez can't field. He's not. He doesn't have a future. I don't think. And the jury's still out on Abreu. I hope he turns into something. I really do. But for now, Bloom has only won one trade, in my opinion, in four years. Um, something that I wanted to add to go along with that, and you brought up Paxton, Jason. And, you know, if you look at the whole Paxton deal, because you can't just think of this year, you got to look at last year. He got paid a lot of money last year to be on the IL for the entire season. So those two years, if you really put it all together, not great. But what a different perspective it would have been um, for Bloom and this team going forward if he would have turned Paxton into one of the Marlins pitchers. And I like we don't know the deal, but imagine if you, you know, because this year they only paid Paxton $4 million. What if they would have gotten Braxton Garrett for James Paxton at the deadline? Like that would have been such momentum going into the offseason. And you would have said, okay, well, we got another starter. We have Bayo, we have Garrett. Okay, now we have, you know, we have something here. And it, it just, it, it would have changed the complete perspective of this team going into the off season and, and, and further. And I just feel like 
for Bloom, he really needed that. Like he really needed to say, okay, I, I know things aren't going well, but look what we just got. We just got another young pitcher that we're building around because it just, it, there's nothing that they're building around that it seems in terms of the pitching. And you brought up the, the free agent market, like, especially with Otani going down that Yamamoto is going to be, I mean, people are going to be throwing money at him left and right. And as someone who has been more of a, a bloom supporter, I cannot say with confidence that he is going to be the highest bidder. I don't see that. I wouldn't bet on that at all. I don't see it. So it just how he, how he builds this roster moving forward. If he is the guy is super interesting to me and he's going to have to do it by giving up prospects. He didn't have to give up one prospect if he would have sold James Paxton and now that's what he's going to have to do if if he has to acquire pitching that way. So I, I don't know. It would have been a completely different. Um, I think people would look at Bloom and and where he's at completely different if he would have just moved Paxton. Imagine if he would have moved Turner too, because you know what? If they would have moved Paxton, the season would have been over. So I mean, what could you have got from Turner? And you know, one of the relievers. Like we've talked about this, but. You know who knows what they could have got, and it just it would have changed the outlook for twenty twenty four. I think, and it was the Marlins of all teams that wanted Turner, <laughs> so and we didn't make a deal, and thought of oh, and so one other thing, and I, I've heard this recently. It might have been Felger and Maz, I, I but I mean it, it just echoes the sentiment. Um, they all say Bloom isn't courageous enough at the deadline. There's just no. There's no courage there to to make a deal and and get something done. So I just that that must have been part of it. The other thing too is July was probably our best month, and maybe he just thought the rest of the season was going to be like July. I, I don't know, but but yeah. And keep in mind that the players were asking for help. Right. Rafael Devers said, yeah, we could really use some pitching. Justin Turner said, yes, I would love to see them add. And he didn't do it. And, and a- you know, it's it's one of those things, like I think a lot of the pro bloom crowd is like, well, who cares what the players think? You can't always do what the players want because <laughs> they don't look at them as humans. They look at them as just numbers on a stat sheet. So who cares what they want? But but then when you, when you talk about trading one player, the, the first thing they'll say is, do you want to destroy the clubhouse by doing that? I just, it's just unreal. Yep. And I think what you saw in August and September was a tired team that didn't get the help they wanted. And that was it. Kind of fell apart. The the counter to destroying the clubhouse with one trade just look at the 04 Red Sox. Like you traded an icon at shortstop away and you got better and they went on and won like that 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 to me like you can throw any clubhouse decision out the window because it's worked in the past when you've gotten rid of a core guy of the group and sometimes subtracting from the group and then adding in areas of 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 weakness to to make it a strength is what is actually needed and i just it just kills me because this team, I, I don't think they're great, but I thought they had a chance if they added. And then the minute they didn't add, it was they don't have a chance no matter how bad I want them to actually have a chance. Yep. 
And again, that trade deadline, not just this year, but last year's too, is something that will be brought up when the future of High and Bloom is is finally decided, whatever it will be. Uh, hopefully this offseason we get some uh, some solid answers. Hell, we might even get some solid answers well before that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But until then, we're going to wrap this up here. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Check us out on Monday morning. The weekend crew will have you guys to recap the Baltimore Orioles series. And we will be back with you guys next week to cover the New York Yankees series after that. So the battle for last place against the Yankees. So should be an interesting one there. So everyone have a good weekend. Take care.